Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's, it's Farm Girl here. My real name is Dana. Rhymes with banana. It's really hard to get a word in edgewise here. Wow. I am the host of the Accidental Farm Podcast. It's a daily, five minutes an episode. And guess what? We're at 100 episodes. I know you're already wondering, Accidental Farm? What's that? Well, it's like having an unplanned pregnancy, except with farm animals. Here are three reasons you won't want to miss the Accidental Farm Podcast. One, in just five minutes a day, it packs in a funny, sad, or weird farm story. Two, Every story has a little nugget of wisdom that you can use in your own life. And three, it's a great way to take a little break to escape your daily life and get a little bit closer to nature. The Accidental Farm Podcast, anywhere you find your pods, episode one, Find Your Inner Predator, is waiting for you. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. This is Lakey Hill the way it used to be. When we brought the kids up here on Sundays, they used to love this time of year. Joshy pointing out the buildings in the village, St Stephen's, the stables, the bull, Burton Frieda in Woodbine. You can see everything from up here.
This is Dum Dee Dum, a podcast about the archers and the goings-on of Ambridge. It's P&Q here. Philippa Hall, the loud one with pink hair and a nose ring. And Quentin Rayner, her fellow mall rat. Plus, we have a bunch of old fogies who think they know a thing or two, you lot, our lovely Dum Dee Dummers. This week's wonderful Star Trek Dum Dee Dum tune is from our very own Stephen. Bravo, Stephen. Brilliant. Brilliant, I thought, yes. Yes. And we are lucky enough to hear thoughts from Rob, Carol from the Highlands, God Squad Mia, Ambridge Pony Club Jen, Alex Witherspoon, the one and only Rosie Porty, Brian, Sazza from Kent, Tracy from California, Catherine, Natalie from Torquay, Helen from Rotherham, Chris from York, Charles, Darcy and Anon of Ambridge. Plus, Tweet of the Week, Facebook Roundup and welcoming new members of our Facebook group, information about our brand new Instagram account, predictions for next week and then the dumpty book dumb item with best-selling author Val McDermott. Marvellous. Wow. Uh, let's pause for a thought there. Uh, last week I suggested at this point we just walk off because we had enough. This week we've got even more. I think in the old world of vinyl records, this podcast today would be described as, as, a, as a double album, I think, to, yes. get, it, to get it all in. More with, than with an with EP a, version. With, with, a heavy, with a heavy dosage of, uh, of name dropping. Val McDermott, hey, look forward to that. Yes, can't wait. So, Quentin, let's look back at what happened this week. Well, Peggy proved you can still be cool at 97 because she didn't give a feck about Phoebe moving on to pastures new. She always knew her great-granddaughter would outgrow Ambridge and peddle her PPE elsewhere. Beforehand, Phoebe had spoken for us all when she told her mother she felt imprisoned in the village. But it didn't stop Kate grabbing the wrong end of the stick with both hands. You're pregnant? You shouldn't be dating a man you're working with. It's a terrible idea throwing your whole life up in the air for a man. Phoebe calmed her down with news that the handsome Salil is in fact gay and had offered her an amazing job. Tearfully, Kate told her, I'm thrilled for you, but also really sad you're leaving. With a side order of. But it would be nice if you had some romance in your life. This week marked the fifth anniversary of Tom and Kirsty losing their baby at 23 weeks. We discovered that he was haunted by the thought the miscarriage was punishment for jilting Kirsty at the altar. So Tom decided to tell her in person about Natasha's pregnancy. However, afterwards he felt the meeting had been an absolute disaster. Two days later, though, Kirsty apologised for making him feel guilty and told him she was happy for them. They visited the Remembrance Garden together for the first time, where Tom poured his heart out about what it meant holding his son and saying goodbye. He also asked Kirsty why she'd named him Wren. Because they're so tiny, Kirsty explained, but they sing so loud and nearly all year round. So when I hear them sing, they remind me of him. Which rendered most of us emotional wrecks afterwards. Jake finally broke his extended silence and must have wished he'd stayed in the monastery as Mia cranked up annoying little sister mode to maximum. She wheedled out of him that he was going to the cinema to see Jaws on a date with her nemesis Chelsea, a young woman with neither a heart nor a brain apparently. Poor Jake soon realised he'd bitten off more than he could chew. Chelsea expected a car, only fancied 21-year-olds and would rather be down the pub with her loud mate Tara. Alice, Fallon and Amy cooed as they videoed Martha pulling herself up for the first time. A custody klaxon deafened us when Alice crowed. She felt like a proper mum and was the right person to look after her daughter, Uh uh, apart from Chris. 
Ballon continued to freak out as she pictured Harrison in a dog collar holding a Bible. While Chris proved he wasn't a wiser shade of pale. First he blew up when his friends tried to show him the Martha video. Then he offered assorted biscuits and a takeaway as peace offerings to Amy. Chris asked her what she fancied off the menu and it turned out they were the starters as both admitted they found one another objectively good looking in a supportive friend kind of way. Luckily, the kitchen floor, which you could have eaten off, wasn't covered in any sort of mess afterwards. Lots of questions remained unanswered, though. Has Kate got her eye on the rewilding vacancy? Since when have Kirsty and Phoebe been such close pals? And are there plenty more fish in the sea, or has overfishing, aided by Mia, killed off that metaphor for good? <laughs> Oof, Very there, was a good. Lot in, there was a lot this week, wasn't there? There really was a, oh. an awful lot, yes. Quentin, apart from Ambridge, what have you been up to? This sounds daft, but my highlight this week was going around Sainsbury's. Right. Do tell. I need to explain a bit more. (laughs) Yes, I think you do. I'm just about to dial 999. A brand new Sainsbury's has opened uh, just outside Nottingham, uh, which I went to this week. And as I was pushing my trolley around, I I was struck by there's something different about this store. And I thought, blimey, it's really quiet. And then I realised there was no radio. There was no music blaring out with with an in-house radio station and ads and so forth. It was music-free, (laughs) Muzak-free. And I realised how enjoyable it was. And I thought maybe it's a mistake, maybe it's a brand new store, the uh, tannoy is not working. So I went up to a member of staff and said, is this policy then not to have any music and he said oh yeah 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 no we've decided not to have any music I said could you feed it back to management I think it's a fantastic idea it's so much more pleasurable I feel calmer and literally more chilled by the freezers anyway I then received a tweet later that day from a woman saying oh um I think you bumped into my husband in Sainsbury's because uh, uh, he got talking. He thought he'd he'd been speaking to you. So I I said, yes, I have. And she said, yes, it was about the music. I said, yes, yeah. And she said, uh, oh, yeah, uh, he was delighted to talk to you. And I myself, she said, like to shop there because it helps with my autism. So there you go. It was win-win all round. But I'll tell you, it is so much nicer to go around these stores when you haven't got all that dreadful music blasting blasting out. which makes you sort of go around even quicker, doesn't it? I find because most of the music is dre- you occasionally hear a good tune, and I might shazam it, but very rarely. I just want to get out, get a, to escape it. Get you with your shazamming. Uh, that I think it's uh, probably maybe sound very old, but there you go. I just <laughs> want to think. I just want to say I think it's a fantastic policy. That was my highlight. Can you beat that? Well, <laughs> I think I can, Quentin. You prepare yourself for this. So. First time in two years, went to the theatre. I love the theatre. I had missed it so much. Went with uh, a very good pal of mine. And we were preparing to be sobbing as we sat there and watched live theatre for the first time in two years. Um, And we thought it was sort of, it was a murder mystery, but thought it was like an Agatha Christie Miss Marple thing. The scene opens and I learnt a new phrase, snuff movie. Mm. With this woman being very brutally murdered on the stage in a very unpleasant way. By the end of the first half, someone in a balaclava had come on and chloroformed and dragged this poor woman off, another woman off. I had my 
hands over my eyes because I couldn't look at it anymore. When I did look and turn around at my friend, she was rocking, saying to herself, happy place, happy place, happy place. <laughs> we just had to leave because it was too scary. Couldn't cope. Horrible, yes. Yes. No tears were shed, but just we were completely freaked out. <laughs> She had to sleep with the lights on that night because she was so scared. <laughs> so a, a traumatised visit to the theatre. Yes, let's put this off for a while. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's enough about us. Let's get on to the important bit, which is you, our caller inners. Hello, Ambridge3962. And first of all, we have Rob, who's back after a break and feeling liberal-ated. Hello there, Philippa and Quentin and Dumpty Dum as the whole world round. It's Rob again, back after a couple of weeks away due to illness and technical problems. And just as you thought it was safe to go back into the podcasts, he's back again. Sorry. What's to say? To be honest, I've been having a couple of weeks off and just enjoying being a listener rather than trying to sit there scribbling notes all the time. But then you come back and then you find uh, Kate, the most blinkered liberal in the world. Oh my God, I came back specially for you. Don't think you did, actually. I think you came back because your marriage fell apart and you got booted out. But hey-ho. Uh and then the romance double standards. Oh, you must have some love in your life. You must do this. Oh, you can't run away to do that. Ah, I got fed up after a bit. And then there was Chris, Mr. Milestone. Hey, Chris, it happens. Unless you're there 24-7, you're going to miss things. Still, what else was there? There was a lot of kerfuffle about Wren. I mean, the only thing I could think of is, yeah, Ren, it's a perfectly acceptable name for either gender. Uh, the only thing I would have thought was, good job they didn't end up getting married, because something about Ren Archer, Ren Archer, Ren Archer, doesn't sit well with me. Anyway, so be it. Take care, and uh, I hope everybody has a wonderful time. Bye. Oh, nice to hear from you again, Rob. Welcome back, and glad that mm. you are feeling better. Okay, so uh, Kate is the most blinkered liberal in the world. <laughs> I love I that. Love that. <laughs> uh, her, uh, her, her romantic double standards. He's quite right, isn't he? I mean, she's 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 terrible, isn't she, Kate? But she's wonderful at the same time. Exactly. I, Thank goodness for Kate this week. Oh, I, I, I would. It would be a poorer place without Kate, and um, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly in. Her fan club, she really is incorrigible, isn't she? The, the naming of Wren, mm. Wren Archer, I hadn't actually put the Archie with the Wren, and when you do run them together, I can see that there could be a problem. Wren Archer, Wren Archer sounds like uh, one of those singers back in the day, back in the 80s, <laughs> yes. back in the 90s. Wren Archer. With the cornetto. Uh, yes. So, yes, Rob, um, nice to have you back, and uh, look forward to more of your calls, I'm afraid. Back to that scribbling of notes. Yes, great to have you back, Rob. And it's entirely my fault. So I think I've said the word sorry to Rob uh, several, several times. Uh, but many apologies again, my technological failings. And it's great to have you back. It really, really is. Interesting about the Ren Archer. Yes, that hadn't occurred to me as well. But then 
Um, Kirsty and Tom had split by that point, so I guess it. I imagine it would be Ren Miller. I don't know, um, but still, when you put that first name, which is very nice and reasonable, together with a surname, it do, it does change things. But yes, yeah, so glad you're better, and so glad you're back. Um, and apologies once more. Now. We need to move on to Carol from that place north of Glasgow, who's cross with Chris. Hello, Dumpty Dummers, Philippa and Quentin, Carol from the Highlands Calling. Uh, For the record, I'm 150 miles north of Glasgow. Well, I hope everyone's tickety-boo and keeping well. I'm calling in early so Quentin can get off on his adventures. I had a couple of thoughts about this week. It was a good one with lots of light and shade. It's good Kirsty's grief was finally acknowledged, and now that Tom is recognising his own grief, they're able to support each other. And the scene in the memorial garden was beautifully written, and Kirsty's visit to Natasha was so moving. Um, big mention to Fallon for sorting grumpy Chris at the beginning of the week. Big no-no about the Chris and Amy situation. Back off, Chris. I had a thought about Amy's future. She's amazing skills and experience and she found working in a hospital environment challenging. But I wondered if she could be a district nurse in Borsetshire. I'm sure they're crying out for someone like her. Um, And, you know, we need to keep those skills and I'm sure the NHS would be glad to have her as a district nurse. Um, Oh, I noticed that like COVID... The Winter Olympics don't exist in Ambridge. Well, that's all from me. Stay well, everyone. Bye. Oh, thank you, Carol. Yes. And thank you for calling in early. So Gwen didn't go off. And thank you to everyone. You've all stepped up and called in early. So that, that's brilliant. Thank you all so very much. Yes, I like the idea of Amy becoming a district nurse. I think that would work well. Although would the editors allow two nursing professionals because we've already got Ben? She needs to do something because dog walking is not a big business unless she's going to start walking cattle. I don't know. Um, but I've got to say... I'm afraid I was against Fallon this week. Not a fan. She wouldn't have anything to do with Alice originally and now suddenly is best buds again. And poor Chris, he's done so much. He's exhausted, he's emotional, he's ill. <laughs> Go on. He was he was he 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 was acting disgracefully, I thought, Chris. I thought Fallon was quite right to stand up to him. <clears throat> Pull him up for blowing up about the pulling up video. Oh, I disagree. He's done so much for Alice and he's exhausted and he's brought Martha up and been dealing with all of that. He just wanted to show him a nice video. He didn't have to respond like that. No, sorry. Fallon was right. No, I think it was just, it just broke. You have a blind spot for Chris and you've got to break out of this, Philippa. (laughs) I won't. I refuse. (laughs) Yes, him him and his now very clean flats. You're just completely... Hoodwinked by the man. But can somebody just help him unpack his boxes? I mean, people kept coming in saying, oh, yes, lots of boxes. And him saying, oh, sorry, I, when I feel better, I'll unpack. Nobody offered. Everyone's offering to Alice. Oh, let me help. Oh, do you want me to unpack? Let me carry this. Nobody helps, Chris. It's it's very sad. It's very sad. <laughs> and obviously, Carol, you, you're amongst many people who were very moved and touched by hearing Tom's grief finally recognised and other people have mentioned this as well. You know, 
referring to the great writing this week by Katie Hims. Um, and uh, it's, I think a lot of people were genuinely moved by what they heard. And it was uh, a very touching scene, I thought, in the Remembrance Garden. So um, you, are, mm. you are not alone on that, Carol, 150 miles north of, <laughs> of Glasgow. Uh, and uh, once again, major world events like the Winter Olympics do not affect Ambridge. You're quite right. Although it could be said, many characters in the village often do skate on thin ice. Oh, Quentin, bravo. I'll, I'll retire now, I think. Yeah. Is that what happens when we record on a Saturday morning? Um, wow. We'll what, genuine, genuine wit? <laughs> no, Rare wit. <laughs> Carol, that was a great call. Thank you, and now we go to God Squad Mia, who's calling on the inadequacies of Tom. And what's taking Amy's fancy? Hi, Philippa and Quentin and all Dumpty Dum peeps worldwide. It's God Squad Mia here, caller in a ring from Newcastle land. Well, at the beginning of the week, we had this... This comment from Kate about Phoebe leaving to go to Bonnie, Scotland, that she wants to keep in touch with her, like she keeps in touch with Nolly Tandu and Sipo in, in South Africa, as in never. I mean, she can't even keep in touch with her own child when she's standing in the room next to her. Good luck with that one. But we do love Kate. One I don't really like, though, is Tom. Oh, he's so irritating. But he did have a moment of uh, self-awareness during the week when he acknowledged his own, what did he call it? Inadequate best. Yes, Tom, your best is inadequate. And you're not always at your best, let's face it. Especially with your magical thinking. Well, that was a new one on me. But this um, this whole thing with Tom and Kirsty's miscarriage, look, I just didn't buy the whole th- thing that, you know, with Tom. It, it, just, it just didn't work for me. Um... It felt like the script writers were just, or the editor was shoehorning it in for Tom. Uh, anyway, it just didn't work for me. It, it was much more natural from Kirsty. Now, please don't bash me about this. I'm not talking about how people deal with mas- miscarriage in general. I'm just saying that the writing for Tom, uh, it just didn't work for me. It was just a bit s- static and staccato. But there we go. That's that's Tom. And just, uh, I must say about Natasha, though, I do love her character, always have done. Her only real character flaw is her taste in men, let's be honest. But uh, she was terrific with Kirsty, accepting those blankets for um, Ronnie and Reggie. So that was lovely, lovely touch. And then we've got Chris, who thinks he's an awful father. He's not a bad father, I guess, but he's a bit of a shit husband, isn't he? And he's a bit of a twatty friend as well. But he did ask Amy what she fancies for dinner. Oh, matron, we all know what Amy fancies, don't we? Oh, you're really good looking, Chris. But is she going to turn into a bunny boiler? (sighs) We'll wait and see. Anyway, that's all from me. Have a great week, everyone. And this is God Squad Mia saying amen. Bye. Amen to you as as well, (laughs) Mia. Entertaining as ever. I'll I'll leave uh, Chris's greatest... Uh, fan Philippa to defend his honour that he's a twatty friend and a shit husband. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I've never been a great fan of Natasha, and she's gone up in my estimation this week because I thought she did handle Kirsty in a, in, in a very sensitive and understanding and empathetic way. She's emotionally intelligent, Natasha, and um, so she is going up my league table. I still have. Severe doubts about her, her backstory and her uh, f- uh, liking of credit cards, um, and as you say, her taste in men. 
you didn't buy it uh, the Tom Kirsty exchange um and i understand your 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 reasons mia because quite a few people said oh, it doesn't quite ring true with the tom that we know but i it did ring true for me i thought there was sincerity coming through in that and i and also a, a need and a desperate desire to t- finally talk about it and what was equally if not more important is that it actually helped kirsty as well it made mm-hmm. the remembrance garden a happy place for her, her again and she was uh, really touched and thrilled and relieved to sh- finally share it with Tom. So f- for me, it did work for me, Mia, but I understand, and like others, how it didn't quite feel in keeping with Tom. But, um, you know, it was one of those scenes that we're not all going to agree on. So do you want to defend Chris then, Philippa? <laughs> Always. Uh, I mean, first of all, I will say that, yeah, I thought the the writing was beautiful and it, it was um, a very emotional scene with with Tom and Kirsty, but I I understand what Mia's saying. I mean, you know, the writing for Tom can be static. There are some static caravans that are less static than Tom, I think. <laughs> um, but oh, Chris, a bad father. I don't think he's a bad father. Is he no, a shit? No, hu- no, is he a shit husband? No, a plus father, twatty, twatty husband. <laughs> no, sorry, twatty, twatty friend. Twatty friend, shit husband. <laughs> well, I, I just he's Chris, so let's let's oh, just you forgive the man forgive everything. Him. I do well you everything. see, I said I think, we found, I think we found your secret crush. Anyway, carry on. Oh no, my <laughs> goodness. I'm old enough to be his grandmother. That's just no. Uh but I just thought what Mia said about what does Amy fancy who does Amy fancy for dinner? We all know what Amy fancies. Well, that was obvious, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. it was just cringy, wasn't it? And uh, yeah, we've got a few calls about that, but um yeah, and the magical thinking. I wasn't quite sure about that one at all. Um, well, we all have crazy thoughts, don't we? And um, we, we sort of... Yeah, but do you refer to them as magical thinking? No, <laughs> no I don't. Um, exactly. It felt... It, it almost felt like Linda's special time, didn't it? So <laughs> let's let's not. But God squad me up. That was a sensational call. Yes, Amen, great indeed. And now we go to Jen, our Ambridge Pony Club, who is reflecting on the difficult week. Greetings, everyone. Um, Jen calling in. I just wanted to say thank you to the Archers for this week. Um, I haven't heard the last episode, but so far I think everything that they have done has been very accurate, uh, very sensitively handled. It is somewhat unfortunate that one of the less complex, less emotionally intelligent characters, Tom, um, is involved here. But nonetheless, I think his responses have been very understandable um, and very typical. I think the fact that this is all being raked up and processed because he's going through the new pregnancy is 100% correct. Um, As I already said, I think his slightly bizarre over-the-top panic when he discovered that Natasha was pregnant. 100% see where he's coming from. Um, He has been through one of the most horribly traumatic experiences um, that a couple can go through. And it happened to him at a really bad time. It happened to him. His family weren't in a good place. They didn't have a lot of time for him. He's already been bereaved. He has a number of reasons why he would not deal with this as well as Kirsty, um, not least of which he's he's the, ma- the man. And it is different for the men. Um, they don't have that experience, which is awful, but also helps you process it, of, of giving birth and of having that connection to the child. 
So I think it is harder in some ways for men. This is a, a, a terrible topic, but it's one one of the reasons it's terrible is it's not talked about and people who experience it are left on their own. So well done to the archers for, for very sensitively handling it and bringing this issue out into the open. Oh, Jen, thank you so much for your, for your call. Uh, it's such a difficult subject, as you say. And however hard it was for us to hear the episodes this week, especially for those of us who've gone through it, um, it's important that we do. I, I mean, Jen, I know how hard it was for you to make that call this week. And that's what makes Dum De Dum so special, I think, that it really is a community, that it's not just the highs, but the lows, and, and we come together to get through it. Um, you know, I just would say for anyone who has experienced it, talk to people, don't put it under the carpet. That's not a long-term solution. And, you know, we've heard it this week, the relief it can bring to share the experience and talk about it and uh, just wish that for others as well. Uh, Yes, Jen, as a man who's been through this, uh, I think it was interesting, very interesting to hear your your thoughts about this uh, and particularly the point you, you were saying that it's different for men because mm. we don't have that experience of giving birth and having that connection. And um, you're quite right, because, and I've mentioned this on the podcast before, when we went through our first miscarriage, um, I took a call from my father when he was asking about uh, Emma, my wife, and so forth. And then there was a pause, and then he asked me, well, how are you? And as I said before, it completely floored me because I hadn't thought about it. And uh, and spoken about it, and spoken about my feelings. So um, I completely concur, and I suppose, well, certainly that's why it rang true. Hearing from Tom, he needed to let it out and talk about it. So um, yes, Jen, um, thank you for your clear uh, understanding of this very difficult topic. And I think at the time when you're going through it, certainly for us, I don't know about you, Quentin, that it's it's just so focused on the medical side of things at that time that uh, it's the emotional side that's there, but separate. I was particularly concerned about the psychological effect um, because I could just see the impact it had had on her um, and Mm. how she just went into herself, understandably, to recharge, regroup and just reassess, I suppose. So I think that there's a huge psychological, obviously a huge psychological aspect to it as well, along with the medical concerns. Well, um, let's just all, yes, keep talking. And uh, if anyone needs to talk, the community is there. Thank you, Jen. And now let's go on to Alex, a very different subject, who in eight seconds has this to say about a six-letter word. Just listening to this week's episode, I completely agree with you about Wordle. It should really have a five-letter name, shouldn't it? (laughs) Well, this is off the back of you saying that it did your head in that Wordle is a five-letter word game and it's got a six-letter word title. Yes. It hadn't bothered me at all up to that point, Philippa, because I found the game maddening enough anyway without you piling this on. But what actually irritated me even more this week was that they had an American spelling Mm. for a word. And that really infuriated a lot of us because there we were trying to get it it right. And it was humour without the U. 
I mean, you don't have humour without a you. I mean, our American friends here on this podcast will say, yes, you do. No, you don't. Humour has a you. Uh, and even the British Embassy in Washington put out a cheeky tweet <laughs> with the Wordle graphic with an extra green box inserted for the you, which I rather liked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I, have you recovered from the fact it's a six-letter title yet? Not really. And my kids are doing it as well. And they get the word before me. I mean, it drives me mad how I just can't, my mind just goes blank. But I think we should have an Archer's edition of Wordle. And I think Wordle should not have the E on the end. So it's just Wordle. What will we call it? Um, uh, Answers, please, folks. Yes, what would we call it? What would we call the Archer's version of Wordle? Turtle? Turtle? (laughs) Yes, slurry. How many? No, that's too much. <laughs> right, five yeah, letter anyway. words. Six letter titles for the Archer's version yes. of Wordle, please. Yes, we need people this time next week. They will yes. come up with some. Do not I'd disappoint us. Because I, I have totally failed that. But Alex, thank you <laughs> for that, uh, for that welcome call. And now we go to our Witherspoon, who is playing the Generation Game. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs Mercy Greetings, Philippa, Quentin, and all Dumpty Dumbers around the world It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here First, I have a correction As P&Q pointed out, I should have also given an Olympic medal for parenting to Roy In reviewing the audio tape, I was impressed with his support of Phoebe So add one to the medal count for Team GB Of course, Kate does not make it onto the podium, though I suppose she could have been a lot worse this week. She didn't try to talk Phoebe out of leaving, and she did express her conflicted feelings about the situation in a warm way. I thought Phoebe did confront her mother about her self-centeredness with just the right amount of vigor. I was also amused when Kate made it sound like going to the wilds of the Trussocks National Park was akin to, well, going to South Africa. I will miss Phoebe, but an Oxford-educated woman does have to spread her wings and explore the world beyond Ambridge. A couple of other notes on the week. I thought Mia and Jake feuding sounded like a younger version of Pip and Josh. I didn't think that Mia came across very well, at least not until the final scene with Jake. She's a mixture of maturity and immaturity. But hey, in my experience, aren't all teenagers? I did like Jake and felt sorry for him. I really didn't know how to read Chelsea. Does she like him, like him, or just like him? Next, Chris. It was another not good week for him. I certainly don't want him and Amy to hook up. I hope she rebuffs the move he's sure to make on her. Finally, Tom, Natasha, and Kirsty. An emotional week for all three, and all three impressed. Olympic medals for them. In sum, it seems like the Archers is trending toward bringing stories of the younger characters to the forefront perhaps a true changing of the generational guard. Talk to you soon. Oh, wonderful. Thank you, Witherspoon. And thank you for the fabulous photo on our Facebook group with yourself and New York Nigel. New York Nigel is alive and well, so that that was great to see. What a call. Yeah, your point about Mia and Jake and that um, Mia's a mixture of maturity and immaturity. You're right, and isn't that what a teenager can be like. So I should perhaps go a little bit easier, although I wasn't impressed with most of what Mia had to say this week. Chris and Amy, I mean, they're both desperate. They're both desperate to move on. So will they come together? I just worry 
that they have a little moment and that that's spotted by maybe Brian or Alice and suddenly the divorce goes from amicable to not at all amicable. It's it's difficult for Grace. I know I'm taking his side again, but this is the first time he's living on his own as well. He was living with his parents until he married Alice. And uh, so there's all these different things that are being thrown at him. I think it's um, a difficult time, but like you with the spoon, it, it was time for Phoebe to go. She she needs to spread her wings. Yes. We're I think Brian, we got Brian on a bit later and he has theories about how this divorce is going to go. So I won't go into that. Um, Witherspoon seems to be encroaching on my territory here. He's giving out medals. I mean, I'm the one who gives out medals. <laughs> Tweet of the week. He, he talks about uh, how he enjoyed Phoebe confronting her mother's self-centeredness with just the right amount of vigour. I hope that's spelt with a U, Witherspoon. <laughs> um, I'm not sure I'm going to miss Phoebe like Witherspoon is. Actually, I find a Desperately dull, hard to say. Uh, yes, but without Phoebe, how will Kate be? Kate will be even worse. Phoebe is the parent to Kate. So I'm going to be interested to see how Kate's yes. character. And there's a nice collapses. dynamic between them, isn't there? The sort of the ab fab dynamic, which somebody else pointed out. Yes. Yes. Um, I, I struggle to stay switched on when Phoebe's on. That's all I can say. So I hope she, I hope Scotland perks her up. Um, Oh, Mia, and God, she was bloody irritating this, this week, wasn't she, Mia? I mean, I, I I liked Jake. I thought he played it rather nicely. I felt very sorry for him. I mean, poor lad. You know, he's got... He opens his mouth for the first time in, in eons, and he's... Yeah. Some, he was besieged by these horrible teenage girls. So I thought I thought Jake was sweet, and he deserved to be handled better by Chelsea. He was awful and obnoxious. It's funny that the archers do that, like, because we were... Oh, huge fans of Chelsea, weren't we? And now she's shown some more of her true colours and <laughs> that side of her is not particularly nice. So a bad week for, for, for Chelsea. Uh, poor week for Chris as well, according, apart from, except in your eyes, as um, obviously, Philippa. Um, <laughs> but yes, this succession theme is becoming stronger and stronger, isn't it? We're hearing from more and more younger characters mm. and you do feel the bat on them the mantle is being passed on bit by bit um it's not it's just not the odd one it's now pretty consistent and i suppose it has to be i mean you know to keep this thing going for another 70 years we need some some fresh characters so as ever witherspoon thank you very much for for your fantastic call full full of interesting insight as ever. Oh, wonderful. We'll have some more of your calls in a moment. But if you're listening to this thinking, I'd like to record a message, but I wonder how to do it. Here's how. Indeed, our claim to be the people's podcast is, as we always say, entirely predicated on you, the people. I feel like a politician there. For <laughs> our dumpty dummers getting in touch and taking part. Now, whether you're a first time, occasional, or even a very regular caller in or we love hearing from you. The best way for you to record a message or a plot prediction is to go to this site, speakpipe.com slash dumpty dum. And you'll also find a link in the show notes. Don't forget, there's a T in the middle. It's dumb T dumb. But honestly, click that link. You're straight there and you're on the podcast. It is really, really easy. You can have as many goes as you like. You're only going to embarrass yourself. Nobody else will know. Uh, do have a look at our pinned tweet on the Dumpty Dum Twitter account to find all the details of how to leave us a message. Now, we always say you've 
maximum of two minutes, but we discovered a glitch this week, didn't we? People were overrunning. There's a reason for that, isn't there, Philippa? If you open the SpeakPipe link and you start recording and then you open up another app on your phone, so maybe your notes or something like that, because there's another app open, it can't do its counter. So it will just keep on recording and recording, which, uh, yes, we really do need it to be kept two minutes if possible, or else we'll have to do a bit of trimming. Yes. Uh, we normally record at 12 noon on a Sunday, except today when it's a Saturday, but uh, that's my fault. So uh, please try and get your calls in no later than that, 12 noon on a Sunday. And as we said, please keep your calls to that two minutes and you've got to be at least 18 to take part. Now, we need your help. There are three things you can do. First of all, if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button on your podcast app. And if you would please consider giving us a five-star review, well, it would be a huge help with the battle of the podcast algorithms. Secondly, if you can write a nice review, well, that helps even more. And we need to say a huge thank you so much to Catherine, UK listener, for your wonderful review entitled Great Show. And another big thank you to Lottie Sparkle for your lovely review called Which Comes First? Chicken or Egg, I guess. <laughs> and then we have a review from Gearpan22 entitled Great But. Ooh, we don't like that word, do we, but? <laughs> well, it seems they've taken offence. I've been cutting you off in the middle of your sentences. So thank you for your review. Uh, I will try not to. Oh, I don't think you have. Well, you do encourage Excuse me, me. stop interrupting. <laughs> stop interrupting me. I don't think... <laughs> <laughs> yes, you have. Well, it's, it's, meant, me. it's meant to be a chat down the pub, isn't it, about the archers? So there's, it's give and take. It's a dialogue, but we take your point. We can't cut across each other too much. But um, it's a it's a chat, isn't it? Really, all this. Apologies. I yes, I will try hard not to. Um, but thank you for your review. And finally, the third thing is that you could consider becoming a Patreon. And there is a new Patreon video this week. Sadly, it's just me, as Quentin has been a bit busy. But let me just explain what Patreon is. It's a way of tipping creators and there are different levels with different rewards. If you just go to patreon.com and search for dumb T-Dumb with the T in the middle, we would be chuffed a bit to have your support. And it's a great video, 25 minutes just of Philippa. It's amazing what you can do with a mug of tea, a dog and a pile of books. But (laughs) Philippa, you have achieved it. Um, it's, it's It's a great watch. The only thing I would ask is, I was trying to work out the writing on your hoodie, and I couldn't work out if it said booked on it or boobed. I I don't know. Um, What do you think it said, Quentin? I was hoping boobed, but I reckon booked. But you never sat up straight enough for me to read the entire word. It said, my weekend is all booked. Oh, boring. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Anyway. It's a good watch, folks. Honestly, sign up to be a patron. You can see 25 minutes of Philippa's glugging tea. With my dog, who definitely uh, played along for the time. So that was good. Anyway, we must go back to our calls. And now we have our very own Rosie Porty. The Oscar nominations may have been announced, but she's handing them out already. Hi, Dumpty Dum. It's Rosie Porty here. Just calling in uh, safely back home from my holiday in Stonehaven and back in sunny Edinburgh. And wanted to share my kind of thoughts around uh, the wonderful Kirsty this week and the amazing acting from Annabelle Dowler. Um, there were just, I think, hundreds of thousands of people weeping 
um, as she described, um, you know, her, her love for Ren and the fact that she'd called him Ren. And I think it was just super beautiful. And Katie Hims did a phenomenal job and just fantastic, really. And it was kind of that kind of countered the the earlier uh craziness with Chelsea and Jake where Chelsea was just a horrible scheming vindictive little cow um so it was wonderful to have that contrast and the writing has been fantastic this week uh, the acting's been superb and just you know huge congratulations to Annabelle Zowler for putting in an Oscar winning worthy performance hope everybody's okay and safe out there in Dumpty Dumland Covid has not gone So please continue to look after each other and wear a mask. Stay safe. And you too, Rosie. Mm. Glad you had a good holiday in Stonehaven. Um, I saw uh, Rosie tweet a lot about how impressed she was by both the writing and the acting, particularly by Annabelle Dowler as as Kirsty. And in Mm. fact, uh, Annabelle got in touch with Rosie to say thanks very much for for what she said, because... um, yeah, she 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 was on top form this week. Um, she had a great script to work with from Katie Hims, obviously, but it, you know you still got to deliver it, and I she did in in, mm. in bucket loads. And um, so um, completely agree with you about about that, uh, and also how scheming and vindictive and what a little cow Chelsea was this week. Yeah, I I, I agree. Uh, she went to. She dropped in my estimation by by a long way this 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 week. She was unnecessarily cruel to nice Jake, I thought. So um, yeah, completely agree with you there, Rosie. Um, and um, I look forward to Annabelle Dowler's acceptance speech at the Oscar ceremonies. I am Team Chelsea in so many ways. I loved her honesty. She wasn't just trying to um, keep. Jake happy and by promising him things you know she's far more frank I wish I had some of that frankness but she she did overplay her card didn't yeah, she you can be was, honest you don't have to yeah. be cruel do you but yeah. then poor Jake his weird ringtone I mean there is no young person and when I say that I sound like I am a pensioner but there is no young person that would have a ringtone of that weirdness I'm afraid did you did you hear it? It just sounded. No. It? What was it? It was just a very traditional one that I think the BBC, when they bought their CD of ringtones, there were only three variations, so they have to keep using them. And we had another cooked breakfast reference this week. Oh, you're happy then? Very happy. I don't know if this is something that they started and they're just going to pass on week to week. But this week we had Clary giving Jake three bacon sandwiches. I bet they tasted good. I bet they did. You just reminded me, you know, you said that the BBC has only got three ringtones that it uses, obviously, for these dramas. Um, The next aerial shots that you see on the BBC um, from a helicopter, not not a drone, listen out for the sound effect of that because it's always the same helicopter sound that they use. Yes, there's some stock sound, sound effects we have. Uh, and I've used it many times in my years as a reporter. So listen out, it's always the same helicopter. That's, so <laughs> there's effect. one helicopter sound, three yes. ringtones and a partridge in a pear tree? Yes, um, because, you know, the, the, the BBC is a, is a tiny little broadcaster. You can't, you can't expect any more from that. So, yes. But that was a sensational call, Rosie. Thank, Thank you, Rosie, you yeah. so very much. And now let's go on to Brian, who can see another car crash 
on its way. Hello, it's Brian. Fairly unstructured one this week, doing it between shopping delivery and putting the washing on. So um, not much thought behind this one. Chris and Amy, that's a car crash going to wait to happen, isn't it? Chris is nowhere near starting a new relationship. He's still very much on the rebound. Five years' time, perhaps, not now. And they'd be so boring as a couple, wouldn't they? That bland leading the bland, it would... Oh, no, it would be... Yeah, not an interesting couple at all. But it's going to happen, isn't it? It's It's going to happen. Okay. And the other thing, on similar front, I think... Chris and Alice's divorce is going to get really, really nasty very quickly. Divorces can be anyway, but I think they will. It will start out all, oh, yeah, it'll be a fair, we'll split, you know, make sure you've got everything um, split evenly and it'd be fair and they would be tearing arms out with the other within a year. On that pessimist, that optimistic note, I shall leave it at that. But, yeah, it's going to be one of those nasty, bitter divorces, I think. I can see it coming. <laughs> Okay. Right. Um, nice to talk to you. Um, I'll speak to you again soon. Thanks, then. Bye. Oh, brilliant, Brian. I love that called the bland leading the bland. That's that's great. Um, I'm just great. That is, that, that is the line of the podcast. I think. Brilliant line there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just grateful that Brian could fit to the call in between all the the jobs he's doing. I learned a new phrase this week, morality chain, where the behavior of somebody is um, impacted because of their relationship to somebody else. So when Chris was looking after Alice and caring for Martha and carrying all of those loads, he was a strong person because he had a role, a purpose, and he was the strong one. Now she is emerging for now anyway, as a strong person in her own right, um, almost as a single mum, that is affecting his perception of himself and where he stands. And I just thought that was an interesting phrase um, to use and that he he is changed, not just because of what he's experienced, but because his role has now changed. And also Chris and Amy having a takeaway. So they went to his flat, decided what takeaway to have, then got in the car, then drove the 30 minutes to get it, and then drove the 30 minutes back, and then went back up to the flat. Very strange. Yeah, they weren't really interested in the takeaway though, were they? Let's be honest. <laughs> other, other other things were hotting up, Philip. Um, <laughs> <That's> awful. <laughs> I mean, is it, Chris... He did say how desperately he was missing Martha, and I think there is a, yeah. a feeling that he's mm. letting slips, if you like, his preeminence in her in bringing her up. I, can, I think you can see threats the wrong word, but yeah, in a way, it's it's right in this context since they're split. You know, the threat from Alice taking over, and she indicated that's where she sees her role now. So I think there's trouble ahead for that. Mm. Equally, I think the divorce is going to get nasty uh, brian hoped he'd secured a, a civil uh, pledge from chris the other day didn't he in the bull but um as justin warned these things can turn nasty and i think if he's found out having a fling with amy and amy and alice wants custody then it is going to get very very nasty so brian brian the unstructured uh, i think we should call him from now on brian the unstructured <laughs> who is 
a multitasking man. There he is in between shopping and washing. I, th- I think um, despite your uh, randomness of your call, um, you're, you're right on the money this week, actually, bro. Yeah. Mm. A great call. A absolutely superb call. And now we must go on to Sazza from Kent, who's been spotting the characters who seem out of character. Hi, this is Sazza from Kent calling in for the first time. There have been quite a few people recently who are acting rather out of character, it seems to me. It's been an interesting couple of weeks. First of all, we had Adam, who was having a good old gossip with Susan. Um, Just really, it was hilarious, but so totally out of character. And then as for his whole secret crush, frankly, just felt really uncomfortable and a little bit creepy. Then we had Chris, who was getting a little bit tetchy with everybody, um, perhaps understandable um, in the circumstances. And of course, he did have shingles, which can make you feel really rotten. Um, But even so, not sure what's going on with Chris. I think there's going to be a big bust up with Alice. They're getting on really well at the moment, but um, I don't know how long that's going to last. Um, There's problems perhaps over divorce settlement and then custody or rather residence with um, Martha. Um, So that's that's all possibly about to blow up. Um, And then finally, big change with Natasha. Um, somebody was saying, oh, yeah, Natasha, she's great. Well, I don't think anybody's ever really thought her particularly great, so I don't know where that's coming from. Um, And she and Kirsty now seem to be um, getting very close, or are they? I'm not too sure. She didn't seem absolutely delighted when Kirsty mentioned about the blankets. Um, But give her a due. Natasha's been really supportive to Tom. Um, I love the scene between um, Kirsty and Tom and just made me think, oh, I wish they were still together because I really had a soft spot for them as a couple. Anyway, thanks so much for the podcast. Really love it. Oh, thank you for that, Sazza from Kent. What a sassy name Sazza is. I like that. First time caller in. Please do again, Sazza. Great to hear from you. Um, she's saying that a number of characters are out of character mm. and she's listed them for the, for the various reasons. Others would throw in, and we've discussed this already via Mia's call, they would throw in Tom as well, that he was shoehorned in all that emotion um, and that release. Um, We've discussed that already, though, haven't we? So, um, yes, I was touched by that connection between Kirsty and Tom. There's still something there, isn't there? Um, There's sort of particular... Do I sense a bit more longing from Kirsty's side? I, I don't know, but um, there's, you know, the spark's still there, and uh, I, I, I'd forgotten that Sazza. So th- thanks for reminding us of that. But it, it ain't gonna be, is it? We just hope for some happiness for for Kirsty. She deserves it, as Phoebe said this week, and uh, she said she's she's getting there. So. Let's let's hope so. But uh, thank you, Sazza. Great to hear from you. And uh, that's the second call from Kent in two weeks, isn't it? Yeah, that was a splendid call. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you again. Yeah, I hope there is a good future for Kirsty. Surely she's going to be doing the rewilding. Please don't let Kate get her mitts on it because, I mean, oh. they, in a way it would be a joy to hear, but it's I just feel sorry for Rex. Yeah, lots of debate, wasn't there, this week about Kate possibly, probably eyeing up that opportunity. Oh, yes. She's already Loads. installed herself there in the, yes. yeah, in the campsite, but it, please don't 
please don't let that happen. Well, I, I join a thread on Twitter because that's where I live, as you know. Yes, I do. Um, Obsessed. I said, when this was started to be suggested, I said, well, somebody was saying that Kate had a degree. And I said, well, are, are you sure? You know, what qualifications does she have? Well, that unleashed, yeah, no, it brought doesn't. out the titans of Archer's archivists. Out they came, the Lynn Rafferty's, the Leo Horstmeyer's, and the uh, Brenda Selwyn's of this world came out. And uh, no, she has a diploma in international development, mm. uh, which she got from the University of Felpersham. And then Brenda added that um, she did another qualification on her return to South Africa. While doing so, she had an affair with a lecturer mm. on Ambridge Extra. I don't think she finished that qualification, whatever it was. Either way, international development diploma doesn't have much to do with rewilding, does it? I mean, she did so badly in her GCSEs, she ran away um, yes. and wasn't seen uh, for yes. for a year or two. So, yeah, she's she's not high on the qualification. But I don't think that's going to put her oh, off. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> she, she's got her own qualification schedule and she's very high on that. I mean, oh, it's... Yeah. It's earmarked, isn't it, for Kirsty? But because it's Kirsty, it probably won't happen, will it? Well, I do hope that we have some better so. times so. for Kirsty, yeah. but I yeah. want to hear how Rex is going to react. Um, and yeah, let's hear Kate fighting for it. Well, if it is Kirsty, then maybe we get the Rex Kirsty thing going again. Oh, yes. Mm. Mm. yes. Interesting. Mm. But thank you, Sazza from Kent. That yes. was a great call. And now great we call. need to go on to Tracy from California, who is taking Kate down. All right, Tracy here from Oakland. The WD show this past week was hilarious. Between the Chris imitation and the mention of Rosemary and Time, I was in tears. And the caller that called everybody crooks, I was like, dang, the mean streets of Ambridge. <laughs> I listened twice. It was so funny. Um, with regards to the show, I think Hannah would be an excellent baddie because she's super, to, super easy to hate. And uh, I'm glad Pat wouldn't let Alice call off mothering. Um, I'm finally glad to see somebody lovingly pushing back on her and holding her accountable. Also, yes, Amy is super boring, but she's the only black person allowed in Ambridge. <laughs> so they need to dust her off to resolve their diversity issue. Lord bless them. I still love Ambridge. <laughs> uh, anyway, also, I'm not buying the gay dudes and Susan storyline. Um, I still don't understand why Adam sounds like the Viscount of the Duchy of Ambridgeshire and everybody else sounds only mildly posh. And it's made extra weird when um combining Susan's accent um I do though love that Jennifer sounds like a cartoon cow named Lulabelle when she gets excited she's like Woo, let's move to greener pastures <laughs> anyway Philippa I'm gonna tell you now honey I've been trying to make God proud of me so I was I've been trying to avoid talking about Kate but you made me I absolutely hate her character and how self-centered she is and I was done with her when she forced her elderly mother to move out of her house because her tent business that she barely runs uh, was quote unquote threatened, even though she could move the daggone tents. Um, now she's like, what about me and my filthy hippie conference? Pay attention to me, my child. And when she said a mother knows, I was like, that's exactly why you have no idea what the real issue is, because you're a terrible mother. <laughs> she left all the whole continent of Africa because her husband checked her out. Anyway, that's my time. Blessings. Tracy, I love your calls. Yes, thank uh, thank goodness for you and thank goodness for Kate this week because uh, most scenes were emotional ones where it was nice to have a bit of humour with Kate overplaying her cards. Um, 
Yeah, Kate does judge her daughter on her own life, you know, needing a man, a baby. She seems to only think of emotional factors, not commercial ones, and just who will translate Kate to the world and hold her accountable when Phoebe's not there. I, I don't know, but yeah, Tracy, I... I love your call. And you're right with Amy. Um, we need her to become more interesting. We And I want her grandmother to come back because I loved having her on The Archers. So, yeah, we need uh, we need more of that. Tracy, fantastic as ever. Keep them coming from uh, from California. Um, I'll get on to your substantive point about the baddies in, in a minute. But last week I did think I'd spotted a, a southern drawl in your accent, even though you live in California. And you uh, got in touch with Philippa and me to <clears throat> fill in the gaps. And I was right. You say I was right because you live in San Francisco. Your mother is from Mississippi and your father is from South Carolina. And you told us that you were raised around folks in the area of the US that have, your mother grew up in around Mississippi. And across America, uh, when large groups from the Afro-American community migrated to other, from the South to other areas, there are pockets where you will find your sort of accent, you know, with a Southern, uh, with a Southern flavor, even though, you know, we're near the, the, uh, the South part of America. So you were saying you'll hear similar accents in Detroit and Chicago. So that was fascinating, Tracy, or your backstory. And uh, delighted that you you filled it, filled it in, and uh, and I was right for once. But no, it, it, that was interesting, don't you think? I was, yes, I, yeah, uh, it was. Yeah. Um, now you like the call we had last week, uh, suggesting I think that uh, uh, Rory is going to become the next long term baddie in the Archers, and we ought to congratulate Arthur Hughes, who plays Rory, because he's just been chosen to be Richard the Third. I know for the RSC in, in June. Uh, the, the ultimate baddie. So uh, maybe you, maybe we're, we're, you're onto this, onto things here. Um, uh, and Arthur says it's a dream come true. It's a part I've always wanted to play. It's a very complex role and the biggest thing I've done. But uh, significantly, um, you know, uh, he's got it for his talent, but also it's rare for a disabled actor to be cast in such roles uh, because you may not know that um, Arthur was born with a rare condition known as radial dysplasia. So he has no thumb or radius bone in his right arm and his right wrist is disfigured and he identifies as limb different. Um, and of course, Richard III was disabled as well, famously suffering from uh, scoliosis or curvature of the spine, which, as I explained many months ago on this podcast, I had the privilege of seeing for myself when I covered the Richard III story, the car park story, and we were able to actually see as journalists to bear witness and see his actual skeleton. Um, in a in a perspex cabinet. So there you go. It all ties up, Philippa. It certainly does. Thank you, Tracy. And now we go on to Catherine, who's got something to say about the perks of being the vicar's daughter. Hi, everyone. It's Catherine. I've sobered up. It's, I don't know, eight o'clock in the morning. Uh, the cat's been sick, so all is going well for old Fabio and his javio. Um, Right, so this week's Archers, I'll leave the poignant moving bits to somebody else because that's not really my bag. Uh, but just suffice to say, I never want to experience that youth version of the Archers ever again. It was like BBC Three trying to be young and trendy by putting titles in text speak uh, or experiencing break time with a group of year nine, which is a bit of a busman's holiday for me. So no, 
even just the sight of Kate going, I'm always late and Jakob doesn't mind, uh, was blessed relief to to the year nine dating thing. So thank God that's almost over. Um, in other news, I was laughing at uh, Amy going on about being a vicar's daughter because, yes, I have lived that uh, reality. Uh, my dad was a chaplain and so we lived all over the world. But then eventually he became a parish priest and I got really odd questions like, are you very holy? I just used to dead panic back and go, yes, we pray all day, every day. We didn't actually, he wasn't very holy at all. Uh, and then was your, is your dad a Catholic priest? And my God, if he had been, my existence would have been a bit of a eruption, and I think in the Catholic church. <laughs> but the end of that story is Amy, when she eventually gets together, she can look forward to the free perks you get after all those years of uh, gentle teasing that we got my dad doing the service, which was fabulous. He did get my name wrong, which was a bit of a, a bit of a problem. But my dad doing the service, loads of free stuff from the from the ladies of the parish to do with uh, flower decorating. One of them made my wedding dress, which cost me a hundred quid, which was brilliant. And uh, then, much to everyone's entertainment, the local undertaker, uh, funeral director, they're called now, aren't they? got me a free limo to the reception. No, it was not a hearse, which was the joke everyone was making at the time. But uh, being so proud of my dad also doing that was lovely. Uh, memories of him. He died last year. So I'm going to a wedding in Portsmouth. Ahoy there, Mahartis. And I haven't thought of which uh, outfit to wear. Have a great week, everybody. And the same to you, Catherine. Wonderful call as ever. Um <laughs> Yes, the, the the perks the perks of of, of being a vicar's daughter, uh, I have some empathy and uh, uh, fellow experience of because uh, my father-in-law is a retired vicar, and he arranged for us to be married by a bishop, mm. no less, because he wanted to give away Emma. You see, so we had the bishop of Truro all lined up, who's a f- friend of his, um, but we then had to get a replacement bishop in because the bishop of Truro right at the last minute was called away for urgent business by the archbishop of Canterbury George Carey roll forward a few years and my wife also a journalist was interviewing the archbishop George Carey so at the end she cheekily said to me I hope you do realize archbishop that years ago you disrupted our wedding plans (laughs) by calling away the bishop of Truro to which he was most apologetic so there you go Um, yes there are perks for all that hard work that that, that, that vicars do. I'm sorry that Fabio is is uh, being sick all over your 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 carpet or your bed or whatever, Catherine. He's got diabetes, you see. Yeah. Um, so that's that's why he's now been renamed Jabio. Um, it was a busman's holiday for poor Catherine, wasn't it? Uh, all that uh, teenage stuff because uh, she's a teacher and she really doesn't want to ha- hear any more than she does already. But she does have a problem, Catherine, and she admits it because. On one hand, she moans about the archers not being realistic enough. And then when it is realistic, she doesn't like it because she wants an escape from the real world. She she wants everything. But so we want more of your calls, Catherine. So uh, have a great time in, in Portsmouth and keep them coming in. We really do want more of your calls. Catherine, you are one of these irritating people that no matter what sort of week we've been presented with in Ambridge, you come up with the funniest observations. Um, absolutely classic. Yes, this very uncomfortable you speak that we just, uh, yeah, I've, we didn't want to hear. But as callers have said, maybe that's they're the future. Children are our future. Who was that? Was that Michael Jackson or somebody else that used to uh, say that? Children are future. Oh, Whitney Houston. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, an excellent call. I loved this idea, the picture you painted of your wedding. Um, and uh, I'm sorry your 
dad died last year, but you've painted such a wonderful picture and that he got your name wrong. I'd love to know more about that. That sounds absolutely... Lovely sense of her community coming together. Yes, glorious. Sounds great. So, Catherine, thank you. Splendid. And now we go to Natalie, who is calling about Natasha. Hi, Dumpty Dum. This is Natalie from Tolkien. First of all, let me say that the Stephen Fry um, episode of the podcast was absolutely gorgeous. I love him and coming together with the archers was like a perfect fusion. Um, So I tried to call earlier this week, but it didn't work. So here I am again. I wanted to talk about Natasha. um, And basically, I just wanted to say um, that I really like her. She's a strong, independent woman with her own business. She's emotionally intelligent. Although I did give her too much credit, I think, when I thought she was playing Tom's parents when um, she was looking for a space for an office on the farm. I thought that everyone was being rather pushy in, you know, telling her where to go and where to have her office. And it was a given that she was moving her business away from Wales and so I, I had thought originally that she was just playing them a little bit by trying to push them out of their uh, favorite locations and that really would maybe make them back off a little. But it turns out that maybe I, you know, give her a bit more credit than needed on that one. But anyway, I'm looking forward to her storyline. Uh, I thought she reacted beautifully this week with Tom and Kirsty because it can't have been an easy situation for her. Um, of course, um, Kirsty and Tom were very moving. Um, on the Amy and Chris storyline, I think that what uh, we all thought would happen has finally happened, although it wasn't as cringy as what might have been. But see what happens there. Um, anyway, talk to you soon and uh, I love your podcasts. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much for your call. That's wonderful. I'm sorry you had a few technical problems early this week, but you've persevered and we've got the message from you. So that is great. Yeah, Natasha for me is almost being too nice now. I mean, it was needed this week with Kirsty. Of course it was, but I would like to hear a bit more of um, the strong Natasha sort of manipulating people and uh, I don't know, almost winding them up. It'd be nice, nice to hear because I do like Natasha. Um, and right, Chris and Amy, the one thing I haven't said so far is I think they just do need to have a little bit of a moment because Chris is on the rebound. Uh, that's as strong as I'm going to get. get. Wow. Chris. Wow. Listen, listen. Wow. She's, this is extraordinary. <laughs> Philippa saying something vaguely naughty. <laughs> um, I'm just talking about holding hands. I don't know what you're talking about, Quentin, but no. I was, think, I was thinking of that very clean kitchen floor, but there you go. That's the difference between us. <laughs> uh, Chris needs... Uh, an experience and uh, a a release (laughs) no comment and I so I think it's (laughs) good I think it should happen but I don't see it being any long lasting we need something that we can all say oh no they shouldn't have you know that's the sort of week we need where there's lots of things that we can critique and uh, and be put off about but uh, yes thank you I can sense you blushing down the line (laughs) pulsating through my microphone I'm not adding to that either Ah, Nathan, I thought you were calling from Turkey initially. <laughs> it's, Turkey? It's Turkey. Yes. She has a, I know. Because her beautiful, her beautiful French accent sounded like Turkey. 
Um, so I thought for a minute we had, our, we had our first call from Turkey, but it's maybe it's our first call from Torquay. It doesn't matter. Basil Fawlty country. We don't mind at all. Um, great to hear from you again, because I thought you were a first-time caller in, because it's been so long. You've only called in once before, Natalie, so please call in again, because um, it's great to hear from you. And now you've sussed the technology, or the technology has sussed you, there's no excuse. Uh, I'm delighted you enjoyed the Stephen Fry episode. Uh, we're still getting lots of great feedback about that. Um, so it's still there, folks. It's episode 420, if you haven't heard it yet. Um, yeah, she's obviously a, a, a fan of Natasha um, and felt she was unfairly treated by the Bridge Farm lot. I yes and no I've, yeah. yes she was and also she behaved fairly badly but we won't rake all that up again um, but I agree with you she she did um, interact with both Tom and Kirsty really sympathetically this week um, and I just wanted to bring up that blanket scene with you Philippa because <laughs> I think that put her in a very very invidious difficult position mm. and I I, I would have felt uncomfortable myself accepting them, but she... Oh, but you have would, to. You can't say no. she was so kind that she accepted them. But I, it's, a, it's, a bit, it's a bit early for a start in the cycle. Also, it puts a great burden on her as well that um, um, Kirsty sees it as a way of remembering Wren, which I understand, but, mm. you know, these are Natasha's twins and... Oh, that's a difficult one. And quite a few mothers um, did express concern on social media about not wanting to be given something like that. But it put her in a difficult position. It did. I, I don't think she could have said no, but I imagine they're going straight to the bottom of the massive bathroom cabinet that they now have in store because that's not Yeah, something. but every time she's out and about with the twins, she's she'll be worried that she's going to bump into Kirsty and Kirsty's be wondering if she's got the blankets on, mm. in their pram or whatever. I mean, I don't think Kirsty should have done that. I don't actually. Um, I can understand why she did, but no. Well, I think no. she was. I think everyone was doing it for the right reasons, but I don't imagine it's going to be a regular feature in the in the pram somehow. Um, but Natalie, you felt the pressure of trying to get the call in, and you managed, which is great. Your accent is amazing, and I did uh, ask her where she was from, and although she is in Torquay, she is from. Brittany. So she's been in the go. UK 16 years now. She said, I mm. still haven't shaken off my French accent. Do not shake it off. I love English no, spoken with a French accent. And now we go on to our last call this week. It's Helen from Rotherham, who has a lovely call to round up the week for us. Hello, Philippa Quentin and everybody in Dumpster Dumland. It's Helen from Rotherham here. Um, just ringing to say a massive well done to the entire Archers team. Um, they have had me sobbing into my washing up bowl on several occasions this week um, with the Tom and Kirsty and Ren storyline. And I don't know if you remember, but I rang when um, when Tom and Natasha found out they were pregnant and said that I hoped that they followed up this story about Tom's first baby. And I'm so glad that they did. And I'm so impressed with how they've done it as well. I think it's been done excellently, absolutely heart-wrenching but excellent um so well done also i'm very glad that the situation with um amy and chris didn't end with like an awkward kiss or something 
um, as awkward as the conversation was as it was, I was really expecting it to be some like smoochy action at the end there. Um, so I'm glad it didn't. Anyway, have a lovely week. Bye. And goodbye to you, Helen, from Rotherham and your little baby there. Mm-hmm. Uh, she uh, didn't want a smoochy moment at the end, uh, Philippa, but you did, or you're anticipating one, aren't you? So, um, well, I don't want to. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. Thank you very much. But I just think we need it. We need a bit of pace into what's going on now. We need the story to take a different well, direction. Helen was relieved it wasn't. There wasn't one. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I know. Sorry. And that's when when she'd lifted her head from sobbing into her washing up bowl. So, yeah. Oh, it shows the power oh, of the writing and the acting this week. So, um, yes, mm-hmm. um, uh, we know exactly what you mean, Helen. And and it's nice to finish off with this call because um, you know, she's paying compliments to the writing, the acting, the mm-hmm. directing. It was done very, very well and uh, all very excellent, as, as she said. So, Helen, yes, gold star to you for that call. Yes, and it was beautiful to hear the the background noise as well. So thank you so much for your call, Helen. That was great. So those are the calls. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You can also send us an email or a text if you prefer. Yes, if you'd rather send an email, visit the dumptydum.com website and click the Contact Us tab at the top of the page. Uh, please do get your calls and emails in uh, by just before noon on Sunday as we record at midday UK time. And uh, do remember also you need to be 18 or over to submit any views or comments. And so we go from our caller in to our email in and our first message is from Chris from York. Hello, he says, Chris should not worry so much about missing Martha's first chin-up. In a few years, she will be hanging off the monkey bars at the local ballpark whilst he looks on head in hands, recalling his shingles with a sense of nostalgia. That is, assuming he wins the custody battle which is coming, Chris from York. P.S. Philippa, please do your Ruth again. It was very funny. You have a fan of your acting. <laughs> it was so bad. Well, I think you I think you ought well, to respond first and off you go. Off you go, Ruth. Go, uh, Ruth. 
<laughs> it was a whole range of different accents. But we I only did that because we had had a script provided by Charles Day, uh, who occasionally writes little things to read out. We haven't had one for ages, have we, Quentin? But But then, lo and behold... As if by magic, we have an email from Charles. Come on, give us a bit of Ruth. Give us a bit of Ruth. No, I, I can't. I can't. You can't just put that on me. I have to. You know, it takes time and preparation. I have to do my exercises. I have to get into the zone that I am. I Ruth. tried for you, Chris. I tried, but I think you're <laughs> right about the oncoming um, custody battle. I think it's going to get. Uh, it's going to get nasty yes, and ugly. Yes. And so the answer to your prayers, it's an email from Charles Day. Charles says, when Valentine's Day arrives at the ball, I wonder what speed dating conversations the Archer script writers will include. Maybe not this one between Jacob and Chelsea. I am Jacob. I know who you are. You're the vet from Norway. Sweden. What ifs? You're looking a bit shaggy. Shaggy? Your coat's a zoom in for a grooming. Big time. My coat is new. Your ass, then. You need an haircut. Wanna let me do it? Kate does it. I can tell. What's she use? Tibetan yak she is. Now, Bjorn, you need a professional. Let me work my magic and I'll have you looking like a highly compensated male model. I am a vet. So what, Lars? Don't you want a side hustle? I bet you could make a mound of money modelling the latest in vet wear. Me? A model? Only if I fix your hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear oh Charles I've actually got my head in my hands <laughs> it's a brilliant script it's just uh, yeah the the actors as we discovered last week um, Jacob is Catherine's secret crush so I'm, I hope I've made it go all quivery with my Jacob performance there <clears throat> moving on let's go to uh, an email a last minute email from Darcy with the subject our dumpty dum family she says, I apologise profusely for my fear of actually calling in. Come on, Darcy, it's about time. Come on. But I really want to give a shout out to those Dumpty Dummers who have now so very recently joined the Dumpty Dum Facebook family. I hope they realise and learn how much we share thoughts, feelings, photos and our own personal histories as they relate to the Archers. We learn from each other. We draw strength from each other. It truly is a community. Much love to all my fellow Dumpty Dummers, Darcy in Northern California, our second missive from California. Wonderful. Yes, it's brilliant. We couldn't say any better, could we? I mean, we should have that as the uh, on the top of the Facebook group page, shouldn't we? Because that's what yeah, it's all that about. Was lovely. Uh, yeah. So, um, if you have just joined, do join in. That's the whole point. Uh, we're quite a nice bunch, really. We're a lovely bunch, and that was a lovely way to describe it all. So, thank you, Darcy. But Quentin, shall we? Shall, shall we spoil it now? <laughs> yes. <laughs> We have an email from Anon Vanbridge. Oh, there we go. And they say, Dear Uncle Quentin and Auntie Philippa, I know Philippa likes biscuits and I hear that there is a supply in the flat over the shop of bourbon, jammy dodgers and custard creams. If I manage to get invited round, which should I go for, please? Thank you, Anon Vanbridge. Well, this is a subject that I could talk about for approximately three hours, but I'll summarise. If you and, would. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think... Chocolate. No, bourbon isn't chocolate. It's pretend. You can't... No, no, no. And that's what Amy would go for because she thinks she's being cosmopolitan. And it, and it No, I'm saying you go for chocolate. But there isn't a chocolate. Bourbon is a fake chocolate biscuit. It is not. True, true. Did you know bourbon yeah. biscuits were the very first biscuit to be consumed on the moon? A bourbon biscuit? No, there I didn't. There you go. Fact of the day. So I think... 
And on that is genuinely interesting. <laughs> That's yes. the surprise and shock. Well, it's just you think it would crumble if it get an. It's not. No, the best it's so fake. Biscuits, it lasts uh, on the. Uh, I'm on worried the... about the crumbs in their equipment. You know. Anyway, yep. So if I had to pick out of all of those, I don't know. It would have to be a custard cream or a jammy dodger. But I would really ask if they'd got anything else. It's not an adequate selection. <laughs> well. Uh, First of all, Anon of Ambridge, I'm delighted you've actually emailed in again because we thought you'd expired because you weren't drinking two weeks ago. So <laughs> great to, great that you've heeded our advice and actually started to drink water again. That's good. Um, also, because I have my deep suspicion... Right, I'll answer the question first of all. Of those three, Bourbon, no way. I dislike them intensely. I like a jammy dodgy as a little treat. But if you're talking about just binging custard creams every time, so I guess I'd go for custard creams. I also have my deep suspicions now that you've written in about biscuits that, in fact, Philippa is a non of Ambridge. You don't deny it. <laughs> Do I need to deny it? Do, is that what you think of my typing <laughs> skills? Thanks. Well, I think it's deliberate. I think it's, a, it's just to, to, to send me off the scent. Yes. Oh, well, thank you. That's great. Well, yeah. uh, Anon, please write in again because we... If this is this is how bad it's got. Quentin is now every week. Quentin decides who it is, and the last person that you haven't chosen is me. And now you've chosen. I, I up to now, I thought it was Royfield, but I've now got my doubts. It could be you, Philippa. Well, just don't don't get employed by um, the police to solve any crimes, <laughs> Quentin. Because uh, yeah, oh dear, such fun. Thank you for your calls and emails. We love them. Do keep calling in. And now we go on to Dumb Debook Dumb. I host the Quick Book Reviews podcast, and I don't think I need to say much when I introduce Val McDermott to you. She is such a well-known author at the very top of their game. So Val McDermott, whose latest book is 1979, just out in paperback. Thank you for joining me on Dumb De Dumb. Very nice to be here. For years, how I first got into the Archers was when I was working as a journalist in Manchester. And uh, on my journey home at night, it was always the, the evening edition that was on as I, as I came over the Derbyshire Hills and down into Buxton, where I was living at the time. So that was kind of my fanfare for getting home. Dumb de dum de dum de dum you know. <laughs> Fantastic. So do you have a, a permanent relationship with the Archers or is it more on, off, on, off? Uh, to be honest, I was a devoted listener for very many years and then it just started tailing off um, probably about six or seven years ago. I just I found myself feeling more impatient with it and just not really caring about the storylines as as I, as I used to. Um, you know, I've, I've had friends over the years who, who've also had passionate relationships with the archers. The late, great Colin Dexter, the mm. creator of Inspector Morse, was, was a great lover of the archers. And whenever we met up, we used to we used to have our own sort of hit list, if you like. <laughs> We'd have our, our list of who would you kill in <laughs> half a chance. Yeah. So so we'd have, oh, it's that really annoying son of Shula's. We'd have, we'd have him bumped <laughs> off, you know. Or Ruth, <laughs> push Ruth into the crusher. <laughs> Um, but uh, we were, we were, I remember one, one night we were at a charity dinner, me and Colin, and we were, we were chatting away about Caroline Bone, as she was at that point, and her love life, uh, which was in its usual state of disastrous flux. <laughs> uh, and, and we were discussing you know, what we thought she should do. And the, the woman organiser who was sitting opposite us said, oh, it's marvellous that you crime writers have so many good friends in common. <laughs> and we just looked at her blankly. <laughs> we're talking about the archers. <laughs> well, they are our friends. Well, some of them are our friends. Some of them drive us absolutely yeah. potty. So if there was one 
character, one one character in Ambridge that you liked the most, who would you say? I think the person I'd probably most like to go for a drink with would be Lillian. (laughs) She'd be fun. You know, we'd have a good time. Uh, And of course, Linda Snell is perennially uh, (laughs) somebody who's, who's there to to just be the, the, the grit in the oyster, isn't she? Um, I'm, I'm very proud to say I, I was once uh, name-checked by Linda Snell oh. in The Archers. Um, Linda and, and Jennifer were having a, a conversation. Jennifer was, was going away for a weekend with Brian, and obviously she needed something to pass the time. <laughs> um, and uh, Linda, Linda said, have you got a good book to read? And, and, and Jennifer said, I've got the new P.D. James. I'm really looking forward to it. And, and Linda Snell said in, in, her, in the middle way, oh, I'm much more a Val McDermott girl myself. She truly understands the deviant mind. <laughs> Oh, so, wonderful. Did you know that was going to happen or was it just... No, I didn't. I was actually listening to the programme. <laughs> it's just like, oh, my God. Oh, wow. The uh, well, highest was... accolade possible. Yeah, I, I, I got my, my webmistress to, to, to stream rip it off the, the, the omnibus on the, the Sunday. We had, it, we had it for quite a long time. It was on the website. Your latest book, 1979. Can you just briefly tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, it's set in Glasgow uh, and it takes place, as the title would suggest, in 1979. And it features young journalist Ali Burns and her colleague Danny Sullivan. And the two of them uh, take on various investigative stories in the course of the book. And it very much engages with the time and the place. And it's the start of what I think will be a quintet of novels, which will take place at 10-year intervals. So 79, 89, etc. Because it turns out when I started looking at this, these are really interesting years to write Mm -hmm. about. Uh, And even delving deep into the past, it's, it's something that shines a light on where we are right now, right here. Fascinating. Thank you very much, Val. It's a pleasure. Name checked by Linda Snell. Mm. What an honour. That was great. That was really interesting. Um, Especially hearing from a crime writer who they'd kill off. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, she was great. That's fantastic. Lovely to to talk to. Um, so thank you, Val, for that. And now to Facebook. And we need to say an outdo to you to 18 new members. Chris, Neri and Lindsay. Sharon, Christine D and Fred. Anne, Vicky and Stephanie. Kate, Christine P and Joe. TR, Ain and Tay. Sue, Suzanne and Joanna. Welcome all to the group. Good to have you join us. And what has our dum de dum group been talking about this week? Well, let's find out as we sit back for the roundup of the goings-on in the dum de dum Facebook group with our Stephen. Hello, YouTube. Stephen here with the Social Media Roundup. Phoebe has told Kate and Peggy that she's off to do something with microalgae in the Scottish Highlands. So the first major question of the week in the Dumpty Dum Facebook group was who would replace her at the rewilding? Paul Newman, also known as Polly Perks, was certain he knew the answer. Kirsty, obvs, he said. Or Adam. But it might make him revert to miserable git mode, and I'm not sure I could take that. Actually, Mia would be a big help to whoever gets the job. Margaret Clute had other ideas. I thought Kate was hinting that she should get the job, she said. David Gregg also thought otherwise. Toby. It would so piss off Rex and Pip. Plus, he'd see the commercial potential. Wildwood gin, party glamping, festivals, etc. But deep down, he'd grow to love it. Charlie Notton had an even more unlikely candidate in mind. Alan, he suggested. 
Plainly, the project is being haunted by an eldritch being of great malevolence which needs exorcising. Pam DeLay was having none of that. Preferably one of the silent characters, so we don't have to keep hearing about it, she said, and went on. John le Carre couldn't have written it better. I mean, it's far too exciting and thrilling a storyline. Has my heart rate going up and up and higher than a lead balloon. The scene that probably had the greatest impact on Dumpty Dummers was the one in which Tom and Kirsty talked about Wren, the son they'd never had. Five years. Can you believe time has gone by so quickly, asked Witherspoon. Today brought closure. Although there is no such thing as closure for bereaved parents, Zoe Picton noted, the pain is lifelong. It was really beautiful, Emily Pettengel said, and no, I can't believe it's been five years. I thought it was truly heartwarming and heartbreaking all in one, said Johnny Young. And Emma Louise Woodhouse said, I had to stop what I was doing. Such an emotional and beautifully acted scene. Hats off to all involved. We ended the week with Chris inviting Amy round to share a takeaway. And by the sound of it, one or both of them might have been interested in something more. Nothing came of it this time but I took a quick poll to see whether Dumpty Dummers thought that Chris and Amy getting together would be a good idea or a bad idea. The results were pretty conclusive, with 49 of you saying it was a bad idea and only 11 going with a more, well, controversial option. One of the latter was Dave Alcock. Amy is a character I like more than Alice. So happy to see Alice move to another planet, he explained. No, cried Sarah Evans. Chris and Alice are just meant to be. It's too soon for everyone, said Fiona Crawford, and Inga Thornton agreed, far too soon. I can't let this roundup go by without noting Benjamin Kevin's post. Listening to Jake and Mir's awfulness while walking through a particularly wet Shu Hoi, surreal to say the least. So pleased it took Chelsea to see Finding Nemo. It was that classic, right? Benjamin also commented about Mir. Who would name their child after a Russian space station? Well, presumably the same people who named the place where Tom's sausages are made, Soyuz, after an early Soviet space programme. But I think you might want to have another listen, Benjamin, just to be sure you heard all that right. As ever, there was far too much going on in the Facebook group for me to do it justice in these few minutes. If you do Facebook but you haven't yet joined us, why ever not? It's a private group and we do ask you to answer a couple of easy archers questions so that we know you aren't just joining to spam us. But that means it's also one of the nicest places to visit on Facebook. And with that, I'll hand you back to the studio. Oh, thank you, Stephen. And to everyone who's posted their thoughts on the Dum Dum Facebook group, you would be very welcome to join us there if you haven't done so already. You're very welcome to join us also on Twitter under at Dumpty Dum. Our team always includes the Archers hashtag using a capital T and A so the visually impaired can enjoy any Archers-based tweets. Also try and include at Dumpty Dum in your tweets so more people get to see it, which helps our community grow and um don't forget the tweet along you know by using the the archers hashtag that gets you into the tweet along and that's a lot of fun and as well as at dumpty dum we're both on twitter i can be found at quick book review with a three instead of a w and i'm at 13 minute man that's one three minute man hello it's fry here no not that one and now on dumpty dum it's time for Tweet of the Week. 
And this is becoming a bit of a habit, Philippa. I'm, I'm uh, once again giving out two bronzes because they are oh. related, as you'll see. It was a dead heat, a dead heat for bronze. We had uh, Sarah Robinson at uh, Sarah Genie 85. She says, I love being told I'm great looking, you know, objectively. <laughs> and Beatrix Helcock at Beatrix Helcock said, is it possible to be objectively good looking? If it is, please tell me what the rules are. To which Bernadette Hawkes uh, jumped in and, and she replied saying, it means not conventionally good looking, whatever that means. And Beatrix replied, oh, so I fancy you even if no one else does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that is objectively good looking, which isn't it's subjective, isn't it? Anyway, <laughs> if I, I fancy if nobody else does. Anyway, it's, it's all nonsense. <laughs> so you two win bronze. Well done. We have a, a clear silver medalist, though, and it comes from the magnificent pen of the Reverend Alan Unfortunate Franks at Rev Alan Franks. Oh, sweet Jesus, this really does take the biscuit. Milk chocky hobnobs should be at the top of the list. I can just about cope with a jammy dodger, but the bourbon ought to be made illegal as is utter filth. Ble- ble- blessed be the chocky hobnob. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> That's very good. I like um, that. And I knew you'd like that. So that gets the reverend <laughs> the silver. But in gold, it goes to Jack Barrow at Jack Barrow UK. And he talks for many thousands of listeners. He says, why are the archers burdening us with this storyline of children on dates? It's so irritating. I know Radio 4 are looking for a younger audience, but they should leave some listeners until they've finished with play school. (laughs) (laughs) Nice one, Jack. That wins you gold. Excellent. Oh, now, next we need to talk to you about our Instagram account, very much in its infancy, currently six followers. But please do follow us there. We're planning some different content where possible to that on Twitter and Facebook. So if you go on Instagram, look for at Dumpty Dum, you will find us there. Yes, sign up, sign up. And I know we mentioned this a few weeks ago. However, the play that has Graham Seed in, who played Nigel, of course, who could forget, uh, it's, uh, it's called Bloody Difficult Women and it can now be booked. And it's going on at the Riverside Studios in Hammersmith from February the 24th to March the 26th. So I'm sure Graham would love to see all of you on the front row. Marvellous. Well, we need to start winding down. So we must say thank you to Rob, Carol from the Highlands, God Squad Mia, Ambridge Pony Club Jen, Alex Witherspoon, the one and only Rosie Porty, Brian, Sazza from Kent, Tracy from California, Catherine, Natalie from Torquay, Helen from Rotherham, Chris from York, Darcy, Charles, Anon of Ambridge and author Val McDermott for their contributions, as well as Stephen for his Dumpty Dum tune. It was a bumper issue, wasn't it? Mm. Thanks also to our social media supremos, Shambridge for her voices, and to our podcasting parents, Lucy B. Freeman and Royfield Brown. So what will be revealed next week? Will Jake start his own film club with the first film, a follow-on to Four Weddings and a Funeral, entitled Four Grandes and a Horribin? Poor poor lad. (laughs) Will the maker of chocolate hobnob sue Ambridge for misrepresenting the available range of biscuits? Will Chris open a restaurant in his flat where instead of plates you eat off the floor? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and will Fallon return home to find Harrison has converted the downstairs loo into a pulpit? Shouldn't that be a poo pit? <laughs> have, you vi- have you had that for a while or is that just... Do you know, I thought of it a couple of days ago. I thought I'd better forget it at the time and I remembered, so yeah. Hurrah. Bravo. Well, all yeah. will be revealed next week, but for now, it's a thank you for listening and a bye-bye from me. And since, like Kate, I drive everyone close to me insane... I'd better say bye-bye.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 